0: Welcome
1: to a brand new block of Light the Sky, our podcast where we take a multi-generational journey uh, cataloging the entire history of some of the world's greatest acts going album by album. And we finished up Van Halen, had a blast. We were with them in the beginning, went through the highs, the peaks, the valleys, the lows, the very lows, and the maybe shouldn't have <laughs> happens. Uh, and we're going to be going there with Metallica now. So for all you Metalheads out there looking for a little bit of a harder edge. Uh, you know, the qualification is that they were uh, multi generational, that their music transcends generations, <laughs> that they're iconic, influential, and that they have at least 10 albums, and that at one point they lit the sky. And for sure that qualifies Metallica, and that's going to be our next 10 episodes released weekly to you, delivering Metallica every week to you. This is a podcast. Of opinions, uh, if you haven't gotten to know us through Van Halen, uh, I am Mark. I'm the producer. I've got on the line with me Chris, the architect, Alex, the contender, and Kevin, the engineer. Uh, this is a show where we you know we're a, a couple of guys that didn't necessarily grow up with this music. You know, we're all um, you know in that 18 to 35 demographic. We did not. We're not nostalgic for uh, Kill 'Em All in any way because it was released well before any of us were born. So I think our opinions. At least might be a little bit, um, you know, hopefully more objective, I suppose. Uh, you know, not necessarily clouded or judged by nostalgia, but really by its merits. Um, Metallica is a little bit of, uh, you know, my. Um, you know, they released uh, St. Anger, basically, when I was starting to get into the band as a whole. So when we get there, we'll have that opinion, and I'm sure you will love to hear it. So let's get started. Metallica, "Kill 'Em all. Let's dial it up for
0: Metallica.
2: Metallica. Metallica.
0: Metallica. Metallica. <laughs> Metallica. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: This'll be good.
3: <laughs> oh God.
1: If you can't tell right? already.
4: <laughs> yeah. I would I wish we could chew up uh, Otto from The Simpsons, yes, yeah, screaming Metallica
1: rules. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so let's get started. On all that right. note, uh we are getting to uh uh out of ten, uh Kill 'em all, the debut, one of the most iconic debuts. Maybe not up there with Van Halen one. Uh maybe not that influential. Certainly did not have the I mean it didn't go diamond, um, like van halen won and certainly didn't have the pop hits or like what became pop hits when the big Ham band, band got bigger later but uh certainly an influential album and defining of a genre so let's get started kevin out of 10 what does this album ring up for you to start
2: uh rings up a five
1: five from kevin interesting <laughs> All right, we'll leave <laughs> starting the track strong. by track. All right. I am going to give it uh, eight. Eight, yeah, give me eight. I think I'll ring it up eight. Chris?
4: um, I think I'm going to go... Yeah, I think I might have to go with you, eight. I was thinking 7.5, but I think I got to
3: boost too. it up I a little sh- bit. Me because yeah, of the it riffs on here
1: in the last second there alex where are you yeah
5: i was about to say eight but then i'm thinking of some other records i really like by the band so i think i'm going to go with 7.5 a very strong debut
1: okay so we've got an outlier uh and let's find out why track by track here we go kevin hit those lights heard this album in a long time i got into metallica actually on reload um and kind of just backtracked my way through the discography i really didn't spend a lot of time on this album so really a lot of this is um not completely fresh listening to me but you know just fascinating because like i kind of moved my through my metallica phase and you know there's so much metal out there the explosion of european metal and there's so much to offer that it's kind of hard to really go back to metallica after you've listened to like Bodom and so much of that raw, just visceral metal that comes out of uh, Europe these days, and um, you know this song. I mean, I, I like I, it, you could just you could just hear it. it's like cutting a new genre as you hear it. It's, it's, it's kind of one of those things when I talked about Eddie Van Halen and hearing eruption. And I know my dad took objection to this, but if you can hear, if you don't hear that solo eruption and want to pick up a guitar as a guitar player, like if this song doesn't make you bang your head. Then just skip the next ten episodes because like this is just as defining <laughs> as it gets. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just it's it's it's. I don't even know if I heard um this and thought like that's Hatfield. Like wow, it's just, it's a lot. I, I think if you had told me it, it had been uh, a different singer, uh, maybe Dave, like I <laughs> would have been. Uh, you know, I might have half believed you. I uh, agree. Yeah, this is definitely kind of
4: meat and potatoes kind of piss and vinegar metallica yeah There, <laughs> these are guys in their late teens early 20s uh yeah just singing yeah it's just uh, yeah the metal cliches i mean yeah the musicianship is a little bit better but uh yeah these are guys yeah that are still living in a van uh going from city to city yeah, probably li- uh probably living spending time in very kind of um not the greatest conditions, but it's definitely fueling the energy here. And I think that's what this record is all about. Uh, it's not necessarily not necessarily sophisticated, but uh, it kind of represents uh, the spirit of that era as far as that early eighties, kind of thrash, nawabum, whatever you want to call it. Um uh, there's definitely you can see they're still kind of under their influences right here they haven't really kind of defined themselves apart from anybody but the but again i mean they're very they're they're imitating very well here <laughs> uh, and again cuz it's under the thrash moniker yeah it's much heavier than a lot of their heroes and uh it, it was kind of funny uh cuz again you don't with, with certain albums like this you don't really dig into the uh, into the lyrical content and it was funny because yeah and this is one of two songs on this record that's that the, the lyrical content has to do with just singing about themselves and their live experience of going to a metallica show there's
1: a lot which of i never really li-
4: yeah which i never really paid attention to before i'm, I'm like that's kind of funny if you know, when you read it uh yeah like okay yeah there's just yeah it's talking about like being up in front of the stage uh yeah uh, yeah all yeah as far as being in the audience and just the audience reaction or relationship with the band and i thought that was kind of interesting uh because i don't think they they never did that again i don't know if that was just kind of again because this is a debut they're just announcing themselves to the to the masses uh but again yeah this is like i said before meat and potatoes even the guitar solos aren't necessarily it's just those great pentatonic just kind of digging in uh and i love it
5: (laughs) yeah no i agree you know I, i remember listening to this record a long time ago and i probably got into metallica you know, from my age, being 27 and, and being born in the early 90s, I mean, I think my first introduction to the band, like probably most people, was Enter Sandman, because that was just such a huge song and such an iconic riff. Uh <laughs> And yeah, I definitely had a Metallica phase for a while. Uh, you know, I've pretty much listened to every studio record all the way through. Uh, some areas I like more than others, but Kill 'em All has always been in my top three. I, I definitely have some hot takes on what my favorite Metallica records are, and I think I'll, I'll surprise some people, and I always get into funny funny arguments and stuff with friends like oh that's that's your favorite metallica record nobody likes that record but i mean this is just what a classic thrash record and mark you're totally right i mean it's just so like influential this record i mean yeah there you could you could tell you know where their influences were you know that like chris said the new wave of british heavy metal you know big saxon fans i know lars is a big deep purple fan and also a lot of those guys were big hardcore punk fans like liking dis discharge from the uk and the misfits and um killing joke like they they've had a lot of really interesting uh, influences and i feel like they've they got a lot of people into bands that otherwise we wouldn't have got into especially through cliff you know being a big misfits fan like he pretty much put them on the map so to speak from a mainstream level so yeah you know just listening to this album today it's just this whole record there's so many iconic riffs it's like this whole it's like like you said like you know you you listen to van halen and there's so many great guitar parts but like not everybody can play that stuff where this it's like a lot of the solos probably most people can't play, but the riffs are just so catchy and it makes you want to pick up the guitar and turn up your gain and play. And yeah, I've always loved this song. I love the intro, how it swells in and it really just shows how good of a guitar player James is. I mean, one of my favorite rhythm guitar players ever. His voice is fantastic. Uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of doing this intro for bands that I've played in. Uh, so yeah, yeah, what an iconic, iconic opening to a career! I love this song. Yeah, I actually like the way this song starts off the album.
2: Um, it it kind of sets a pattern for the rest of the album, and not, not in a terrible way. Um, you know, it's just huge energy, and, and that was refreshing to put on. Not, not that saying that Van Halen didn't at the end, you know, a different kind of truth. But just throwing this on, it was a different kind of energy. It was mm-hmm. very raw that that you get when you know a band is young and out there trying to make it i really appreciated that in this song
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. speaking of that intro uh i gotta play this part here because the, the it, it's interesting because the band is never ever considered part of the scene never really just you know they were in, in a lot of ways at odd with the scene uh that was going on in the west coast in early in the early 80s but if you just take a look at, or take a listen to these first 30 or that, that post that intro here yeah I mean, doesn't that sound a little bit like it could be off of Too Fast for Love? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean they're I mean, from LA, so maybe yeah. maybe they wouldn't admit
4: it because I know there there's been some interviews where they talked about kind of you know, where there was like a uh, like this kind of beef between Motley Crue and Metallica mm-hmm. um, in the early days. But uh, who knows? I'm, I can't imagine at least a little of it wouldn't rub off on you yeah yeah, uh, yeah.
5: And, and honestly that riff yeah i mean it sounds like live wire or it is honestly a little i never thought about uh, that if you listen to it too i mean listen to stranglehold by ted nugent like it's that that sort of uh you know root that uh what do you want to call it pedal tone a note and he's playing between the five and the seven for the guitar players and that's just sort of like a classic rock you know it's in stranglehold they do it a lot and Miley they cruise stuff exactly yeah. you know yeah who knows if they were influenced by that? But I've always loved the guitar tone on this record because it's honestly it's it's heavy and it's distorted, but it's pretty clean for the most yeah. part. It's not you know, I don't I forgot what they were using. I don't know if they were using Marshalls. I know they were big, you know, Gibson Explorer and Flying yeah. V guys back then. But I've the guitar tone is so tight yes. and precise. Yeah, it it's amazing. It's so raw. I love it.
4: Yeah, funny enough, I think I may be wrong, right, but I thought I remember reading something somewhere that they actually used like boss, like distortion pedals through a Marshall, uh, through sure. like a, which I, th- I thought That's that funny. was kind of I remember reading that because, again, I mean, yeah, they had the uh yeah, they had I think the JCM made hundreds, but I don't think they yep. were properly modified where you could get that sound. So I think right. they kind of had to give it a little help with some kind of distortion boost. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds great. Again, it's yeah, I don't I don't think they ever made a record like this again it's kind of like the first rush album where it's like it's just all heavy it's all kind of like in your face mm-hmm. uh and then when you jump to later like ride the lightning which we'll get to and all these others like the, the sophistication is almost yeah like like whoa like just a year within a year just how much it changed yep. so yeah this is kind of a time capsule even for the band yeah because it was always it was yeah the kind of adolescent kind of like a few kind of and then and then they kind of Took that attitude and got it, made it much more palatable, I guess. If you want to, much more kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, for
2: sure. all right, well, let's uh, keep rolling with the album here. Uh, going to a longer song, that would be the Four Horsemen. <laughs>
1: Played that little section there, um, you know. I know James uh, gets a lot of crap, especially in the later years on the load reload for a lot of those. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, he was <laughs> here. Like I, I, didn't, I didn't remember that happening in, in uh, 1983. But uh, he, I guess that wasn't anything new for him back uh, back then. Um, I mean, what what a. Uh, uh, I mean, I, this really typifies the band right there. That section that you played, where it was just that big block of four and just that riff just repeated four times and it's just a right. place it's purpose built to headbang
4: mm-hmm. yeah 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 there's yeah. a lot of oh go oh alex did you want to no, sign yeah i was gonna
5: uh. say i i i love this song i don't want to get you know too far into you know the love it or flesh it or anything like this but you know this is i, I guess i'll say it, this has always been one of my favorite metallica songs i know i had the pleasure of seeing them in 2008 on the death magnetic tour and i remember just scouring set lists hoping that they were going to play this one when I saw them because you know like you know many other sort of legendary bands like Pearl Jam or you know like Grateful Dead They're they fame Metallica's famous for doing a different set list every night which is really cool for fans because then you're not getting the same thing uh, if you happen to go to multiple shows on the tour so yeah I've always loved this song I, I think it really shows a lot of different angles that this band can do there's a really cool melodic slower solo section that's really cool um that you know obviously coming out of hit the lights it's like okay these guys got a little bit more depth and a little bit more talent than just you know straight thrash in your face which you know there are those parts in this song but then they they back it off and yeah i I think this is a super killer song so
2: yeah i'm with you on that I, i feel like this in a way the song is almost a prototype of of what they'd be doing in the future Mm-hmm. with some of their some of their longer songs you mm-hmm. got tons of huge riffs in here you got some some changes going on with the tempo and feel that's going on actually i like i uh, i played it right into that the start of that solo because i like the way that solo opens up it's just a little bit different it's a little bit on edge than what you hear sometimes, and, and I appreciate the song overall for what it does. You know, sure it's it's clocks in over seven minutes, but it, it didn't feel quite that long when when I was listening it to it. it. It didn't really feel like a slog, which right. you know. Yeah.
3: You know that was <laughs> exactly. Dave's solo
1: not. actually. He was actually he uh, Kirk had picked up maybe the first four or five bars from each of Dave's solos on a lot of these these songs, and then mm. took and rest of made of his own.
5: Yep yeah and, and just a quick you know trivia i mean this was eventually after you know dave Mustaine was kicked out of the band he went for megadeth and i'm pretty sure he took this song with him and put it his version of it on the You're first right. megadeth record and he called it the mechanics so it it's right. it's really kind of interesting to hear sort of the the bad blood and the the battling between the bay area bands so
3: mm.
4: you know what's interesting about this song and i kind of again this is just yeah, picking up. Yeah, just little musical pieces. There's a little bit of Sabbath. I know. That, I mean, I know James mm-hmm. in particular was a big Sabbath fan. Uh, Kev, uh, can you cue up uh, around 3:27? There's this descending riff that reminded me of kind of like uh, Snowblind. I wanted you to. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that's that very fair right
1: yeah. I always hated at first when he kind of plays the major voicing over a you know, very minor riff mm-hmm. and um, like it always bugged me but it got stuck in my head for some reason. Like I was almost like singing that solo to myself <laughs> earlier. If there's something <laughs> about that, that's very hooky.
2: Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's the four horsemen. Uh, what's we're going to keep moving on to Motorbreath. motor
0: Nothing, full speed or nothing I'm taking down your know, whatever's in my way It's your pizza, shooting the light Sending symbols to burn down my spine Move some breath, I live my life I can't take it any other way Move some breath, I'm my fast. It is going to take your breath away
4: yeah that uh it was funny this was when i was first learning how to play guitar uh guitar this was the first song that that i really kind of got and really kind of connected with me as a because it's very simple it's very kind of and again it's got that energy and i love that standalone riff with the kick drum underneath it's just i don't know it's very simple but it just yeah it just has that kind of like middle finger in the air attitude i just love it uh uh, again, very simply, yeah, there's not a lot of switches and changes like the Four Horsemen. And again, this song is only what, three minutes <laughs> or just a little over three minutes. Yeah. And um, yeah, again, I think punky. it's it is punky. Yeah, it's another uh, Yeah, I guess James writing about uh, life on the road. And again, when you read the lyrics, there, yeah, there's kind of a little bit of that in there as far as yeah, what what you run into, what you expect, uh, what some people don't understand about the road. But yeah, again, in his simple kind of 20 year old idea, it's kind of a yeah, it's a, kind of a cool a little descriptive
3: piece yeah different
1: kind of road than the motley crew was taking at the time for sure yeah uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) life on the road with metallica and their three-man crew in the midwest but uh, right i i I gotta play this intro here because it's uh I i gotta comment on this or maybe see what you guys think
0: I it, it, it's kind of cool,
1: but I kind of... When I listen to it, I, I, I went back a couple times and tried to really put my finger on what kind of bugged me about it. And it just kind of feels to me like maybe it's a little bit too much of a thrash metal hoedown. You know, like a, mm-hmm. it, it's too kind of by the numbers, like, all yeah. right, metal time. Uh, like, I, I think like there that. were... Like it's just I think got there were, that Iron Maiden boring chord progression. Just like it's just yep. a single note. Like it isn't like you know the four horsemen where or, or even just uh, um, you know uh, hit the lights where just a little bit more of the traditional Metallica kind of jigsaw riffs where this is just kind of like a you know galloping on the route just kind of makes me a little think it's like a, it's like a uh, you know like a, a call to arms but like in a really kind of corny cringy thrashy way.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm just gonna throw this out there. This is my comment for this song, but it's track three and I'm done with the shredding solos already. <laughs> well. yeah, yeah true, think, that's
4: too. that's too that's too bad because yeah you've got <laughs> <down. laughs> there's more much more to come
3: yeah, <sighs> yeah. <laughs>
5: Yeah, no, Mark, I, I I could see what you mean. I mean, there's not so much really an iconic riff in this song. It's more just kind of fast power chords moving around with yeah. that gallop. So, I mean, maybe this is more of their hardcore punk kind of like it's the a punk song on here, It's yeah. more of a punk, hardcore punk, like where their discharge uh, influence comes into play here. Uh, and honestly, this is one that I... I kind of forgot about just cause I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm not the most experienced listener, like a diehard fan, but you know, when I go to this record, I pretty much went to the singles and like the four horsemen and stuff like that. But yeah, this song listening to it again today, I'm like, musically it might be a little bit more simple, uh, you know, power chord wise, but I, I really like the vocals and the melody and I love how it breaks and there's that Lars, uh, tom roll with the reverb on it i think it sounds really cool i just i really like the production on this record a lot i think everything's mixed really well you could hear cliff really well um i mean and obviously there's no denying how great he was and how innovative he was for the band but yeah i mean this was sort of like a sleeper track and i and i gained more appreciation you know listening to it you know today and yesterday so
1: yeah i kind of find the production a little it's not grating to my ears but i get kind of tired of that you know, um, that reverb vocal that mm-hmm. I know it's, it, it fits in the era and it's early thrash. And I know, you know, look, they didn't have a lot of money at all to record this. So you got to give credit for at least having a great mix, as you said. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not sure I I enjoy the, I think it's it's definitely a dragger on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Kevin, why would you comment on that? Yeah, it, it's
2: it's it's a little harsh to, to me, to be honest. I, I, I know the guitar tones sound good at first, but you make your way and you're on the back half of the album. And you're like, man, I just wish they had a little bit more meat. It's a little oh. bit too much high end. It sounds like they're picking right at the bridge, whether they are or yeah. not and it's just like oh just a little bit beefier in there right. give me a little bit more mids and that's i realize the, that's not the thrash style right. but it it yeah i, I don't know it, yeah. if i'm going to listen to a song or two i'm i'm okay with it an yeah, album mm.
1: <laughs> yeah maybe Get because it? they they when they came out with uh, uh the black album it was such an influential to this day production sound that listening back to old metallica just sounds you know you're listening more for good riffs and when the good riffs don't deliver as like i guess in this song it kind of (laughs) doesn't like you're just listening to you know i I think even hetfield sounds a little strained on this song to me um more so than the other songs
2: sure there's a lot of those moments yeah yeah that's it's 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 interesting to hear them early on that's for sure um let's move on to jump in the fire.
5: Underrated track in my opinion. I've always <laughs> loved this song. Th- this is uh, this is my guitar song on uh, on the record. If I ever pick up a guitar, uh, I'm usually playing this riff. Um, and, and, and yeah, Mark, I, kn- I know on Motor Breath, we were talking about how it's it's not so much an iconic riff. It's just more sort of fast galloping power chords. And I think they get back to it here. Uh, you know, kind of yeah, thankfully, kind of doing a lot of those sort of pentatonic riffage in, in G there which is really cool. But yeah, this is such a cool song. One that I kind of wish they played live more. I know there's a funny video uh, back when I, you know, was sort of in my Metallica phase and I really love this song. I was always looking for live versions of it. And there's a funny video on YouTube where, uh, I don't know if it's like in the mid two thousands, but like Lars is backstage and the band literally forgot. I don't know if it was staged, but he like literally forgot how to play the song. So he takes like a mix CD and he puts it in the, in the boom box backstage and they're all listening to it like oh is that how that song goes we haven't played this song in like for 10 20 years or whatever like that so yeah i i think it's super underrated this is kind of back into the into the riffage and it's it's a little slower which is cool and i like you know cliff's moving bass descending bass notes when it's going down underneath the riff so i think it's cool
1: you know this this song uh is another one that i think when they slow down that's really where it becomes a lot more apparent that this could, this would just slide in right in in shout at the devil like it just it just has that mm-hmm. exact sound when they when they're a little quicker than the than the the hair metal scene it, it doesn't really feel it feels more uniquely metallica uh i'm not sure if i buy james and his jump in the fire like it just sounds a little it must look like caricature of yeah. himself there <laughs> i know it's their first album and it's not even a possibility but you know listening to this 30 years 40 years after it comes out Uh, I don't know. Hmm.
2: (laughs) Interesting. Uh, I'll get to some of those on later songs. Um, It's funny you say that, but this is the song. This is my stock is rising song of the album. And for whatever reason, uh, I've been getting this song stuck in my head quite a lot. Mm -hmm. and just the riff and the vocals i don't know it's something about it really is working on some level Mm -hmm. and you know it's not it's slower for this album but i still Mm -hmm. feel the energy and i love that so yeah, Yeah. it works somehow
4: yeah it's weird yeah there's a lot of i don't know if you picked this this up uh, there's a lot of 70s influence in this song as far as the riffing kind of reminded me of like a combination of like 70s era priest with the main riff and uh that verse riff kind of reminded me of Aerosmith a little bit during like kind of like the Rock's era. It's very kind of like uh, mm. uh, it almost it almost swaggers a little bit.
5: There's a little uh, bit of a bluesiness. To yeah, it yeah, that's why I, I,
4: I was trying to put my uh, in the. Uh, oh, Kevin disappeared. Um, I wanted him to cue up the. Uh, up. Gu- uh, yeah, the guitar solo at 220 kind of remind. It was probably one of the bluesier solos mm-hmm. on here.
1: If you could blab a little bit more for our audience while I pull it up here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, se- 257? Uh, no, 220.
4: Uh, two, two 220. 220.
0: Yeah. yeah
4: it kind of has that joke here. Uh, I mean, maybe a little faster, but it just, yeah, it didn't do, it didn't have that, like that sound, I guess, that Kevin was complaining about that, were was super high-end, kind of, it was kind of the more, kind of classic hard rock feeling. Vibe well, he's he's using
1: the meat of the fretboard there, you yeah. know, he's not doing his goofy wah-wah tapping way up, you know, like, you know, if you're reading the tab, it's like 18, 16, 14, 18, 16, 14, with pick. like it's, like, you're not doing that here, so.
4: Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I like that, yeah, this is, I, I guess you, I can kind of agree with Kevin, kind of stock is rising a little bit, just because they're, they're pulling from the past a little bit, instead of, uh, kind of just going all out thrash, yeah. Not that it's not here, I mean, the main riff is very metallic, but, uh, mm-hmm. I love some of the moments in here where it's like, yeah, that's not necessarily, yeah, kind of like with, like, Pantera, yeah, you know, where they were kind of, where they pulled that Texas blues into their music, where it's still heavy, but you can feel there's something else there.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. All right, well, let's let's keep going on the album. Uh, will this next one be anybody's stock is rising song? We will we will find out. <laughs>
1: So the, the image that ultra is paid, bass. Yeah,
2: I like to talk about
1: imagery with music and uh, cinema, and the image that uh, I'll paint for you that comes into my mind when I hear this song is: it is a hot summer day at Chicago Music Exchange, and oh. somebody is hogging the bass room,
3: <laughs> and they are just
1: pounding out, and it's just like, is this guy ever going to shut up? Put the <laughs> <Rick> and rocker <laughs> down and get out like, of here. I'm sick Don't of me. hearing this guy's bass, but he's got a, like his doors cracked. Open and every single person right. in the store is subjected to this. You right. like, know
2: it's know this, all right. Yeah. You know, it's hilarious to me is that I I was thinking more guitar center. You you went a little bit more highball with the Chicago Music (laughs) Exchange. But the other image that popped into my head was, you know, that that it's that time before band practice when everybody's waiting for the person to show up and yeah, when the drums come in. Yeah, you're walking down the stairs. The drums just playing (laughs) duh duh duh. The bass (laughs) is going. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, it just it just sounds like somebody somebody recorded the. Rehearsal, yeah. <laughs> a solo take yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. take yeah. one is
4: right. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it was more. I think, as far as this approach, I think it was more realized later on with Orion. But here, I mean, I'll give them mm. credit for technique. Uh, I mean, it shows okay, nobody was doing this back nobody, I mean, especially with, with uh, without a pick. I mean, this is all finger playing. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe it's a little experimental. Uh, maybe I, I wouldn't go as far as saying keep the experiments off my record like mark um but uh but i'll say yeah it is kind of uh maybe they should maybe you should have kind of woodshedded it a little bit more to make it a little <laughs> bit more kind of uh but i appreciate the technique i appreciate i mean yeah because cliff i mean they never had that musicality again after he died as far as that uh but uh here maybe again because this is the first album uh where everything is a little raw and not necessarily kind of fully realized but they get they get there eventually so i'll uh i'll give it a the, they had a, a small
2: budget and they decided to spend tape money on this
1: yeah you, you know what i feel like and this is just my they it's a show of opinions it might be wrong and nobody will ever be able to confirm this possibly anymore uh due to tragic circumstances but you know i feel like uh it was lars that wanted to convince cliff to be in the band and um uh they i think they saw him on a show in la he's like, you gotta be the bass player for our band and i feel like um in a lot of ways he could call the shots and he was the he had that stature uh among these guys to say i want a bass solo i want it on right. the record i
4: i think it was well established that i mean that all the guys looked up to him yeah because mm-hmm. he was the most musically accomplished and i think he was the oldest of all the yeah. uh so they kind mm-hmm. of and I think they've even said, I mean, at this point, I mean, the, the musicality, the classical tr- kind of training he brought to the band, I mean, was invaluable. I mean, that's why you hear it, especially later on. I don't think it was as necessarily developed here as it, was, it would be on Ride the Lightning and Puppets. Right. Uh, but you can still hear it. I mean, again, I mean, there were, I don't think there was a thrash album out in 93, 84 that had a somebody with that kind of bass technique. I mean, you know, yeah. Where it's like, hey, this guy's, this guy's a musician. OK, this is not just a guy. Yeah, just kind of banging away on like the like the, the E E string or or whatever. Yeah, just now this is a guy who can who can play with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And Cliff, I mean, was a kind of well rounded he wasn't just into I think they I think it was kind of well known that he was not necessarily in fully into metal. I mean he was kind of like a southern rock guy. I know he was into Skinner and the Almond Brothers, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe a little Genesis and Rush. Yeah, so very eclectic kind of influences there. Uh so you can see maybe there is a little bit of that progressive element here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of, Where you could say, kind of noodling around. Yeah, like, okay, let me so, let me show you what I can do on my instrument. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think he. Yeah, I think he. Did
5: okay, you want to get
2: on this, Alex?
5: Yeah, yeah go I, ahead. I, I found this one interesting, and and, and to be fair. I know, you know, the guys after Cliff died, it was a huge deal. And, you know, the guys are obviously still very sad and sensitive about it today because it's, you know, they lost one of their original brothers. And I'm, I'm looking at the song credits. I mean, bear in mind, they're on Wikipedia, so who knows how accurate they are. But I mean, according to Kill em All, he really only apparently only wrote one song on this record, and it's this, which is the instrumental and, and Chris, I think you really hit it on the head, at least in, in my, in my words that yes, I really appreciate the technique. Um, it's cool that he incorporates the wah and the distortion and that he's playing with his fingers. Um, I, I think it's pretty cool. I will say I was listening to it today and it seemed to be a little long. Um, you know, maybe it's kind of like a Van Halen thing where you you, you you take a break in the middle of the record or in the first half of the record and you put an instrumental in there just to kind of split it up. I mean, that's not uncommon for albums to do that. But yeah, uh, you know, talking about if he could have ever been replaced, I mean, you know, they had Jason after him and then Robert. And I think maybe Robert, I mean, maybe it's obvious because he plays with his fingers, but I, I love watching that one uh, from the Some Kind of Monster DVD when they're showing the... Uh, auditions for bass players, and they show Robert playing, and 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 uh, Kirk and James are like, yeah, that that song it hasn't been played that way since Cliff, so it you know. It, it, he was a super talented guy. And yeah, like you said, you you really start to see more of his songwriting credit and Ride the Lightning. And he even had some credits or a credit on Injustice for All. But yeah, this one, it, it's cool. I, I appreciate the technique, but it just, I remember driving home today listening to it. I'm like, all right, this song's still going. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: yeah the it, drums cool. kick in, and you're it's like, cool. where are they going? Nowhere. And, and I
5: know I, if there's any die hard you know, cliff lovers, you know, no disrespect or anything like that i didn't grow up with the band and i didn't really maybe know how influential he really was i'm looking at more of it on a surface level but yeah i'll say the technique is really cool and i'm sure there's a lot of parts about him that i'm missing that i didn't know what he contributed to the band but that's just sort of my gut reaction to it sure
2: all right uh let's get off this thing um to
0: wishlist
1: I just tap that tempo out while you're playing that Take a guess yeah. at how fast this song is Anyone want to throw a number out there? I
2: Do you, you doing it know. in cut time or, or not?
1: Yeah, I do it in cut time Just based on what the snare heads I
2: don't know, 170? 160? 358 no, no, I'm talking cut time No, one, it's double time double timed. Yeah, but yeah, you guys are more locked into the theory. I did.
1: that. <laughs> it's fast. It's a it's it's okay.
2: it, it is fast. Yes, I I actually I love the drumming on this song because mm-hmm. it is so fast and it it sounds tight to me, which is not something people say of Lars of late. You know, they kind of make <laughs> fun of him. <laughs>
3: no, we'll be but, going there. You know,
2: there. you know what, you know what, you here, I appreciate it. I like it, but I absolutely detest. Rip-bash! <laughs> oh, I, I cannot stand <laughs> it. Oh, I get it i there's, cannot oh stand God. it <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 yeah this is the second song in the uh that i was talking about earlier Gosh. there's that uh, there's two songs on this record that talk about like about being at a metallica show and being in that environment and this is the second one which is probably my least favorite um i mean Ooh, yeah it's, again, it's always it,
1: really cringy I, when yeah, rock song yeah. rock bands sing about rock this is thrash singing about thrashing <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure if it's, it's any not even better.
4: A, a, yeah, they take it one <laughs> yeah. step further. It's not just about them. It's ta- They're talking about themselves essentially. I mean, yeah, there's actually a, a verse or um a verse at the kind of towards the end where they uh yeah where it's pretty much yeah but we'll never stop
1: we'll never quit because we're metallica i mean when i heard that it was funny hate that hated that i hate that everyone knows how much i I love papa roach and limp Bizkit, and they do that all the time
4: oh but not but not that not this legacy juggernaut act like metallica and if again we'll we'll give them a credit okay they were young kid they were yeah they were 19 20 years old when they made this so maybe they were just in that ego crazy mode Oh yeah, then there's also there there was a, another uh, nod to uh like the Marshall noise. Like, okay, they're talking about their amps too. <laughs> <I> never,
2: <laughs> Stack attack anybody.
1: Yeah, I know yeah. Stack attack. And, uh, oh boy. Yeah. And the <laughs> intro
4: to in, in the intro too kind of reminded me of uh, uh, uh um, um Diamond Head. Uh the kind of am I evil, the dun da 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 yeah, da da, 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 da da yeah. So yep. there's a little bit too much of that where it's almost like were they trying to are they trying to rework something that's already been done uh but yeah i don't know uh, i know they covered that song later but it seems like they kind of took a little bit of that song and put it into their own work
5: <laughs> that's very possible.
4: Uh, but yeah this i don't know like i said it's, it's, again, it's, a fun early it's coming out of here and i don't like i don't like cheese in my metallica burger
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well to i'm gonna I'm, out, yeah. i think i'm gonna treat this song a little kinder than you guys i this this actually is my stock is rising song believe it or not <laughs> i i think it's i think it's great this is one where i, I was uh when i saw them in 09 at the all-state arena uh, on the De- uh, Death Magnetic tour, they played this. This was one of the encore songs, and I, wow. I, re- I read later on that it was the first time they played the song in Chicago in twelve years. They hadn't played it uh, since wow. the since nineteen ninety seven on the on the Reload tour, I believe it was. So I remember hearing this, and I think I remember like fans kind of looking around, like, "Oh crap!" You know, they're playing something they haven't played in a while. So it made me sort of bend an ear and come back to this one later. Okay. Uh, I mean, for a long time, I, I didn't really care for. For it that much just because it was, you know, it's just sort of them pedaling on that low E and it's just like a speed song. But I don't know, I think it's catchy. Uh, I, I don't mind the cheese. I was actually reading uh, a little bit in the Wikipedia. Don't worry, I'm not cheating on my trivia here. I was just reading some background, but I, I don't remember. I think it was saying here, uh, Check Eddie, which I believe he's the singer of, uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of somebody else. Anyway, anyway, he's a journalist, and he was saying that uh, the juvenile lyrical approach to topics such as warfare, violence, and life on the road gives the album a bit of a naive charm.
3: Yeah, I and, saw and, that one, and, yeah. And, and, I, I, was, and yeah. I could
5: kind of see that a little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit of cheese there, but I don't know. I, I don't really mind it. It's the first record. It's not like they did something super esoteric yeah. and impressive <laughs> on the first record and then did something super cheesy on album number two. It's like... <laughs> The, I guess maybe the stakes were low, you know. Right. Just, yeah, they, but, they, they
4: they got that out of the way. Like I said before, you know, you never really saw this type of approach again. You know, where they kind of really stepped it up on the next few. Uh, um, but yeah,
3: it's, it's just, yeah. Uh, could you yeah.
1: picture James? You know, who's pushing sixty at this point taking an encore and singing now metallica. <laughs> yeah i mean just like singing a Thrash yeah, song. but it's, thrash. it's like a
5: live staple and you know how dedicated metallica fans are they eat that shit up so no, i know i mean, I mean. <laughs> just because
1: i think of like when we were talking before about um uh, who was the coolest guitarist who carried the torch for the guitar and i'll make the argument throughout this show that i believe the current torch carrier for the guitar might be james hetfield uh always thought of him as a really cool guy just like he just oh, embodies yeah. that cool guitar player and just you know kind of go and you know is it fair to go back to when you were 18 and 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 you know who wouldn't go back to what they wrote when they were 18 and cringe <laughs> a little bit so um right you know we gotta it, give a just kind of a out break. of character with you know how i yeah. uh, picture them now i mean obviously you know some guys in the band aren't too uh cool nowadays but we'll get to that too Oh, right,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're we're gonna move on to Phantom Lord.
1: right there because if there is one clip in this album that shows where the band is going i think it's mm-hmm. that one yeah. to be able yeah. to mix those super clean almost if they're playing like an acoustic might be overdubbed over the some of the maybe tracked in with those guitar port uh, part and just when it just kind of hits in on that heavy just almost like it, it's like Proto-enter-Sadman-Toms there. Um I mean, it's it's the one part on this album, I think, that more than anything else, I can visual, visualize Lars playing the drums and making his Lars face. That is totally this section of the, of the album right there.
2: It's funny because I was pretty much going to say... The exact same thing with my comment, you know. Here we we have enter the clean guitar for what I think is the first time on the album, yeah and might be the last too. The only one too, if if I remember. Yeah, Uh, and you know, you'll you'll see it on future Metallica albums quite a bit. But here you go, you have this melodic clean into straight. Huge riff, and then bam, you get get into a thrash mode right away, right? And it works. You're like, Oh, this is actually kind of cool! Like, wow, you have this, like, you bring it down a notch, it simmers, and then hits you right in the face. I'm like, Okay, no wonder, you know. Of I could see them, like, Oh, yeah, maybe that worked. Let's do more of that. Yeah, so who knows? It makes me
1: (laughs) wonder because this is a Dave Mustaine song, and I, uh, or partially, and I wonder what parts of this song are his and what parts these are the rest of the band.
2: That's a good
5: question. Makes you wonder. Yeah, you'll never find out now, but yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah well, actually,
1: privy to the truth at this
5: point. Actually, it's funny that you, you mentioned that because I was looking up, I was kind of reading comments about the song in the background on YouTube when you were playing that. And the first comment is actually a quote from dave and the quote is as for phantom lord i wrote every note of that music and james (laughs) and james wrote the lyrics that's 50 50 lars can go pound sand
3: (laughs) 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 so there you go
4: yeah it's still there yeah all those years later um okay yeah i'm yeah yeah yeah, i'm glad you picked because yeah that was the uh, part i had kind of asterisked um Mm -hmm. yeah that was just a very unique kind of i love that when they and again, it wasn't fully realized here, but when they start kind of delving into that maybe those cliff influences of kind of bringing in those more melodic sensibilities uh mm-hmm. funny enough i it, when it jumps into that kind of thrashy kind of pentatonic or whatever solo, I was kind of a little kind of thrown off. I wish they would have not that I don't like fast soloing. I just thought it was too much of a difference, uh kind of like you're jumping the cliff, and there's probably a few like what we were doing yesterday with basketball mark yeah <laughs> it's like it's a it's it's a it's yeah, a, a buy, it's high. a. Buy. It's a, it's, yeah, it was a little too, maybe if they would have arranged it in a little bit, I think it would have resonated, but I, I do love this song, I mean, there's no, uh, um, even with the kind of the goofball kind of uh, lyrics, again, another fighting an unstoppable fo- foe, I mean, I think that permeates throughout the record, yeah. and again, it's the first record, they're young kids, so you kind of forgive them, it's just a, again, a meat and potatoes, piss and vinegar record, I'm going to be using that a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah.
1: if they had thrown in, or if James had thrown in a yeah, yeah, somewhere in that section, I think we would have our thirty seconds. Oh yeah, I love the beginning. This seems like
4: the perfect song to open a show. Like I could see this like an eighty-two, eighty-three. I could see them opening uh, because you can see after that kind of synth opener, all of a sudden it goes into the yeah, that kind of. And then you have the feedback, and then all of a sudden you get the scraping down the neck, and then it goes into the main riff. I thought that that's, that's that, that I, I just love that because you can picture being in like a small club, like the Metro or something, and them just, yeah,
5: all yeah. open in with that, yeah. What? that's funny you bring that up yeah, because there's a very famous you know probably what i'm getting at but yeah a yeah very the show famous, yeah the
4: 83 show God, yeah I think.
5: And, and us being chicago guys in the metro being my favorite venue ever i mean that's such an iconic show and i'm like thinking to myself man that that would have been a show to go back in time and see Oh, i know that would have been so cool but yeah no this is a this is a cool song musically i really like it i was listening to it today and and i will say just Melody wise, and maybe it's not the point. Maybe they're not really trying to make anything super catchy melody wise. But something about the chorus didn't really do it too much from a vocal melody standpoint. But yeah, the music is super cool. I love how it opens up. And one thing I I was thinking about uh, earlier today that I wanted to comment on: I was looking at the album cover, and I was looking at the font, and I look at "Kill 'em All" and. I think to myself, man, that, that looks a lot like the font from John Carpenter's Halloween, which is yeah. m- maybe my favorite horror movie and definitely my favorite horror franchise of all time. And then you listen to that opening sort of synth or that droney swell, and I'm like, let to get a little bit, maybe a little John Carpenter vibe there. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's... Uh sort of a tie in there, but I just thought that was sort of a, maybe a interesting tidbit, but yeah, I'm glad you played that clip. I love how clean it gets. I mean, I'm, you're, it's sort of foreshadowing to a ride the lightning and especially when it gets into that really heavy chuggy palm muting and you get a lot of that woofy guitars in there that maybe you'll start hearing a little bit more on master of puppets. So yeah, this is definitely a foreshadowing song in their career for sure. Sure
2: all right let's uh keep going and we're gonna go to no remorse (laughs)
1: Here, i mean that's an easy I, saw, I, saw a, me. I saw
3: i saw
2: quite quite a bit of uh, air drumming going on over there too
5: <laughs> yeah maybe i should chime in first then this is uh this is a super cool song i just love that riff it's super kind of sleazy and mm-hmm. groovy and i sort of have a, a interesting memory with this song and it's kind of coming out of a different place but um i remember you know Back when I was younger, I was watching a lot of guitar, like instructional videos. And I remember coming across this video, and I don't know, maybe Chris or one of you guys may have come across this, but there's a video I remember watching on YouTube of Carrie King and Marty Friedman, and they're in Japan. They're on some like Japanese talk show. And I know Marty Friedman, I think, lives over there now and has a lot, you know, is kind of big in the Japanese music scene or in the metal scene over there. Yeah. And there's a video of both of them playing their favorite guitar riffs ever and both carrie and marty play this song and i think watching them play that it's like okay that is a cool riff and this is not normally a song that i would think of think of off this record um so yeah i mean i think this is a super cool cool song i love the the cymbal chokes that lars done does on this one this is a total like fist up in the air just headbanger it's it it gets the adrenaline going for sure
4: Yeah, I uh, yeah. This is another one of the songs again when I first started playing guitar that really jumped out at me. Yeah, the, the thing though that I come away from it now, it does run a little bit longer uh, longer than I remember. I mean, where I kind of there was a point where I kind of like, all right, okay, we can like this I like the third solo section. You probably could have cut that <laughs> down a little bit, uh, which sucks because I love it because because I yeah because I because I, I do love this song. I think the I think the songwriting and the lyric writing is becoming a little bit more mature where they're kind of talking about as far as being a soldier and from their perspective, like, why they do what they do and why, so, uh, yeah, and it's kind of just, like, we're following orders, this is how we, uh, regardless of why we're doing it or whatever, yeah, I, yeah. so I'm like, okay, so they're kind of, they're getting a little bit deeper now instead of just the normal kind of singing about themselves <laughs> yeah. at their it show. Uh, they have
1: the capability to head that to, direction.
4: Yeah, to do that, um, uh, and again, yeah, the riffing is is classic, uh, yeah, classic early 80s Metallica. Um it, it was funny. There's a there's one point I wanted Kevin to cue this up. It reminded me of Iron Maiden a little bit at uh, 347. There's like this counterpoint that kind of like where I'm like, yeah that sounds like kind of like a Dave Murray Adrian Smith kind of medley. Um yeah, if you could cue that up, Kev. Oh,
3: totally. Yeah,
4: yeah. for sure. Yeah, that jumped right out at it cuz I never really paid attention to. I'm like, okay, okay, wow, man. They really uh yeah. Again, this is probably the moment where you really see the influences compared to later where they're kind of where they kind of become their own entity. But uh, yeah, you really uh, won't
1: hear that. I mean, maybe like nothing else matters solo or something and they, they might harmonize a bit. But yeah, that, that did not become a staple of their future work. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah anybody the, else wants to interject? The, what I like about this riff in particular was that, uh, you know, we've made a couple of Motley Crue comparisons or. I've made them, whether they've been with merit or not, uh, nobody else is making them, but uh, I'll continue (laughs) at least to show that uh, at this point, they seem to be, this is where I would say it kind of diverges or definitely diverges from the the hair metal or what would become hair metal uh, scene because, I mean, there's no blues to that riff at all. It is straight up minor. It's just a minor riff. Um, right so this is where really you feel because you know i feel like you can make a lot of more shout at the devil too fast for love comparisons when the tempo slows down on this record but here it's a little bit slower but it's pure metallica like it's it's just you know not even maiden because it's not galloping or you know definitely made in the part you mentioned chris but um know yeah, maybe a bit uh, you know more of their own voicing that you could say it's just a definitely an iconic riff that would set the stage for the rest of their career
5: yeah sure. I, I, I wouldn't say like sludgy but it definitely gets a little bit more and here's something that i didn't think about until right now but pantera i mean i yeah i, I, I can hear pantera like listening to this song and being like oh man that that's it, my favorite song it, off they Kill were them massive
4: off. yeah they were massive I mean, Metallica it's got fans, like so.
5: this gro- it's like groove metal <clears throat> which you know pantera really pioneered in the 90s but right or maybe late 80s 90s but i hear it a lot in this song
1: yeah, I heard I heard that uh, Slayer heard this album and basically uh, f- you know when they heard it they said that's what we're trying to do. It basically you know made them kind of realize what they needed to do to be able to fit in uh, with this you know burgeoning scene here. So, you know, mm-hmm. definitely influential mm-hmm. to a lot of bands in a lot of ways.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's go to the second longest song on the album, which is "Seek and Destroy." this song is and I realize it the last last listen it's great that <laughs> but it 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 has become for better or for worse the template for pretty much every progressive metal you know generic song out there and the, and i'm not saying that as a put down to the song but you, you got your your verse your chorus your verse your chorus huge solo section then hitting it back up at the end there and I, I i thought that was interesting just because this is you know this is early 80s and that stuff doesn't come out until much later but it, you kind of have that. You got that those, those heavy riffs there, and you throw in some keyboards and a little, and there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, this song uh, is, again, very new wave of uh, British heavy metal influence. It was something that, going back to this album, I did not expect to hear so much of that in this album. Um, it, it, it really is that song that um you know Chris you and I saw Metallica a couple of years ago and you know like when you said let's go see Metallica I was like yeah, you know if I've been through my Metallica phase, you know, I can kinda of listen to it all. But then when you're in an arena with twenty thousand people and they're all going, Master, Master, like you you get it. Like you 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 yeah. get the full realization of what, you know, when these guys sat down and they're, you know, living in a warehouse and you know barely have money for food. And like, that was the realization of what they set out to do. And, right. you know, this isn't a huge hit. I mean, I think it's uh, definitely one of their more known songs certainly isn't a, you know, a huge staple, uh, uh, like on the radio or anything that, they were getting any of that anyway at this time. Um, but is that kind of thing that you, you hear live, just that seek and destroy, you know, just right. 20,000 people, uh, just following that chorus. Yeah. I think it's pretty much one of the few songs from that out al- from this
4: album that is still, Yeah, represented in the live set. I don't, I can't remember
5: yeah Alex I'm yep. sure they
4: probably played it when you saw it. yeah I don't they, think they I don't think it's ever been taken
5: out <laughs> they did I, yeah and I'm reading here it's the third most performed song in the band's history behind Creeping okay. Death and Master of Puppets so I mean I, I, I was gonna say I, I was listening to this record on the way home today and I, I will be honest I, I skip this song not that it's a bad song but because I've heard it so many times right. that I'm like okay I, I kind of want to like spend some more time with more of the deep cuts the ones that I'm less familiar with with so i can you know brush up for the podcast but i mean what what can you say about this song it's a, a total uh you know gu- huge guitar song for people you know picking up the guitar and wanting to right. learn this one i feel like this is one that a lot of people learn uh not super uh uh difficult to play yeah, on guitar i mean i'm sure this so i'm sure the solo I- I- is difficult but the riffs aren't too bad but it's it's cool. There's some pedatonic stuff going on and it's somewhat impressive where if you could pull it off cleanly, it's, it's cool. It's one of those ones where it's like not the hardest thing in the world, but if you play it for somebody, it's like, okay, this guy can, you know, get around a little bit. So yeah, I mean, super big live staple, uh, I, I don't think this was a single on the album. Um, to be honest, I'm looking at it and it's weird. Like Whiplash and Jump in the Fire were technically the only singles from this record. That's interesting
4: because like, you never hear. <laughs> but, and those are like yeah. the
5: two ones that they don't really play live that much. I mean, and this one is like I would say now that this is the single of the record. So yeah, well, it, it, you 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 listen to the full record and, and then you get to this song and it's like okay this is definitely almost like the outlier. It, it's almost like a different tempo. It's a different mm-hmm. riff almost. It's like kind of different than anything they have done had done uh, prior to it, it seems. Um, anyway, I don't know, just listening to it, it, it kind of stood out to me in context with the songs that preceded it. So Here's yeah, something I mean, interesting. Great San
1: Jose Sharks, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the St. Louis Blues, the Edmonton Oilers, and the New Jersey Devils, all use this song as their entrance theme during home games.
3: Sure, yeah. it's an Guys, intro. Guys, find it's... something
1: new. <laughs> like, yeah, that is six funny. teams on a thirty-two team league, you know, but it's so hockey. I mean, it is such like I could just yeah. see like, flash pots going off and everything.
4: Yeah, yeah, this is one of the more kind of like unusual because it is. It's become this, especially in heavy music, has become one of these songs that pretty much everybody knows it now. I mean, I don't think anybody.
1: Um, but it's not um, a it's, hit. It's not like an. No, it's not a hit. Man. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, but it, I, you know
4: what? It, I kind of equate it to uh, like "Working Man" off the first Rush album. Yes. Yeah, it's, Yeah. You, Agreed. You, you don't. You don't really. I mean, I love the first album, but you, nobody really remembers anything except for "Working Man," and it's the song that it, even today. I mean, I don't think that's that's ever been taken out of their set. That's another one from from their debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, yeah, it's a fun uh, as far as a, uh, a beginner guitar player. It's a fun song to play. Yep. Uh, yeah. That uh, yeah, Kev. I've got two sections I want to play quick. Um, one uh, at three fifteen. Uh, which is that was always a riff that I loved playing, just because it was. Yeah, sure. but yeah, it's just uh, and I love. and I know you didn't play this before, but the end riff at 5:49, I love it. It's the perfect like end to like. It's almost like the end of a like ending credits song. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, so good! Yeah. Right. You can hear the credits just moving up to where it is where you go to black. It's just yeah. I thought that was a perfect. Yeah, this was that song where yeah, it just had probably their strongest and most enduring riffing. I think yeah, and again, that's why you still that's why you still hear it even. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. one
5: should of those, have been the closer. Yeah.
2: Uh, 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 that's uh, a good question because uh, yeah, that yeah. Is a, yeah. We're, we're we're gonna go here to a <laughs> I, song called. Metal
3: Militia.
4: it's funny metal militia is such a Judas priest sounding title yeah I know <laughs> mm-hmm. it's and that was yeah what almost 10 years before like painkiller we have metal meltdown uh, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, this just, yeah, this is probably one of the more kind of cliche kind of metal songs on the record. Uh, and there are so many moments where you feel like the, yeah, where James is going to blow his voice out. It's it's so funny. Yeah, they're just, yeah, this is probably the most, maybe because it's the end of the record, maybe James is just singing whatever he has got left because he is just hitting those guttural, like, yeah, as far as his throat feels like it's about to like come undone. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah, yeah and it's just uh, uh, uh <sighs> you know i have to say this yeah I, I know i know judas priest has their own thing but i have a hard time taking a so- like in 2020 i have a hard time taking a song called metal militia seriously
3: seriously yeah
2: <laughs> yeah but you know back in the early 80s okay you know maybe it would have yeah. been but now after all the cliches have just been done to death right. It's, yeah. it's just really tough for me and, i get it yeah it's yeah, it's,
4: yeah it's, it's like it's taking it one step far further than just like rock songs about rock and roll it's like my metal songs about metal yeah yeah, yeah it's just kind of and i and again like with priest i love painkiller i mean that's one of my favorite records by them but i just whenever metal metal meltdown comes on it's just it's got that spinal tap kind of feel to it yeah, sure. yeah with with a lot of other such solid songs on that record but yeah metal militia here Yeah, this and the and again this is a much more kind of raw sound too. So it makes it it's kind of makes it even more kind of hard to uh um but again it's that thrashy kind of yeah what people were expecting in 1983
5: from this band. Yeah, yeah. He, Um but, Did you uh, want to get on this on Alex? Yeah, this is uh an interesting one uh kind of one that i often forgot about uh to be honest yeah. it, it is the last song on the record um comes after seek and destroy but yeah i was listening to it again today and honestly i think my the part that kind of got me going is that riff like that that yeah. part i thought was cool but the rest of the song uh, I didn't do <laughs> too much for me. I mean, if anything, I kind of compared it to like a whiplash. I'm like, okay, well they kind of yeah. did something some similar with whiplash, but they did it better there. And they did it earlier yeah. on in the record. I mean, i I don't know it's definitely not a bad song by any means but it just something about it didn't stand out to me as much as the other songs and i don't know i don't know how often they play this one live if if ever really and and maybe they put it towards the end maybe they didn't feel it as much but yeah i don't know this is one that i just i never really spent a whole lot of time with and I, i Listen to it today and it didn't do a whole lot for me outside of that one riff i mean it is cool to hear uh james's voice i mean his range it's it's definitely cool and i appreciate the speed and the, right. the preciseness of it but there was I, just nothing super interesting to me right
4: i, I always like i said yeah i feel, yeah with with james's vocal i mean you're kind of sitting there going it feels like he's like right at he's about to blow it out yeah i mean literally mm-hmm. it's like yeah,
1: he's not going to recover from <laughs> are we talking right, about right. metal Militia still we, yeah we uh, are yeah. yeah. okay because i had a i had to talk about his vocals a little bit it sounds a little bit to me uh and uh, it, yeah. it sounds a little bit like odin to me uh i hate to say it but oh, like, no. it sounds a little bit like bad hair metal here um i, I mean it, it's a it's killer musically but um not sure that the vocals hold up that okay. well
4: no, sure. You know what? Kev, right. uh, yeah, before we cut this off, there was actually a section here that kind of reminded me of like later thrash and almost death metal at three thirteen. Kind of the stuff that you would see like Chuck Schuldiner do later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell me if uh, anybody who's familiar with uh, the band Death. Yeah, um, right. Three
3: thirteen. Uh, yeah, three
4: thirteen. Yeah, it's it's a very kind of almost like a like a. Term. there's just yeah. a real kind of that early kind of raw kind of yeah like Florida death metal sound I don't know maybe there might be people that might
5: <laughs> sure, disagree no. but
4: I yeah but I kind of got that
5: I could hear that and one other thing I guess I thought of here and you know this almost seems like a uh, a song maybe they wrote you know just to kind of somebody made a comment here and it made me think about it they said this song embodies the spirit of thrash metal it's simple fast heavy aggressive and even has that punk vibe to it and I'm thinking to myself I, I agree uh, I would say that it's it's a pretty maybe it's the most like stripped down straightforward thrash song they weren't really trying to go for a single or anything with radio player this was maybe one that they just wrote for you know mosh pits to ensue which I could see so maybe that's all it was for them I don't know I don't know their headspace but if, if I sort of dumb it down into those I can maybe appreciate it a little bit more but yeah I guess that, that's kind of where I would wrap it up on this song <laughs> all right all right
1: all right chris all right. take it away seven for the buy for those who right. needed the show uh we are playing for an extra buy or terminate on our definitive best of playlists uh for spotify apple music and whomever else might be out there looking for uh the better uh, best of of metallica uh, so seven questions, first one to three gets an extra buy or terminate in their uh, Love It or Flush section but you don't know what that's about, stick around because it's good. Uh, so let's get started.
4: Okay, all right, question number one, it's a multiple choice. Um, I know Mark just loves these. <laughs> um, okay, which one of these songs did not have a co-write credit to Dave Mustaine? Um, was it A, uh, The Four Horsemen, B, Jump in the Fire, C, Seek and Destroy, or D, Metal Militia?
1: I don't know if I want to bomb out this early. Can you give me those four <laughs> again? I, I know some of them were written by Dave. Uh, yeah, uh, the Four Horsemen,
4: uh, Jump in the Fire, Seek and Destroy, or Metal Militia? And stay off your phone, Alex.
5: Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, Alex, had that. All right. Uh, I, I, I'm going to guess just because I i know metal militia was one and i think what you said jump in the fire and four horsemen i mean four is definitely once I'm, I'm gonna say seek and destroy was yeah. one that he didn't have any writing in
4: you are very correct oh, yes wow. oh all right ding 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 gotta get that in there yeah Gotta in the spirit thank of the you. show thank you thank uh, you thank you all right okay um all right uh Question number two: uh, "Motorbreath" was a song written during James uh, Hetfield's time in his previous band, Leather Charm.
1: Oh, there's a lot of minds to trip on there. <laughs>
2: you know, this it? is a th- this is a good one to just bomb out on. <laughs> so I'm or, just gonna go with true. Uh,
4: you are tr- you are correct. You are very <laughs> yes. correct. <laughs> yes, yes. So I had no, no so idea. So much for bombing out,
1: like Devin. 50 yeah. 50 <laughs> roll the dice
4: good yeah your confidence uh was uh strong right there okay so i'll be honest
2: a... my my early metallica knowledge is pretty much a zilch so <laughs>
1: okay hey, okay hey, you're learning we're learning the listeners learning
3: right <laughs> yeah
4: okay all right here's another uh multiple uh choice uh hopefully this might be an easy one because i know this was kind of a little bit of common knowledge okay uh the uh okay. Um the original title suggested uh for the album by the band was was it A metal militia, B metal Up Your Ass, C Oh you C, got m-
3: it. It's Metal Up Your Ass. Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. Was
4: that you, Mark? Did you get
5: it? Yeah. Who got Metal Up that was Your you. Ass? What an iconic shirt too. Yeah, I Just know, the right? The one done with the knife coming, coming out of the toilet. I toilet. Amazing. <laughs>
1: no. I had to look that up when I read about that. <laughs> like, yeah. what did that yeah. look like?
4: Oh wow. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Well, we've got a tie here now. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Uh, question three: True or false? Um, Seek and Destroy was a song that, according to James Headfield, took its inspiration from a Black Sabbath song called Dead Reckoning. Oh.
2: <laughs> it's a true or false. Uh. <laughs>
1: All
4: I'm right, gonna just... say
2: false.
1: Well, you are correct. Very good. It's <laughs> diamond
3: <laughs> <laughs> head, isn't it? Is it it's diamond, diamond head. Out? Yeah.
2: That was a trick. Oh, that was a I trick question.
5: I wasn't sure. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> to myself like I don't remember a Black Sabbath song being by. Not that I'm a big. Be- I know nothing I know
2: nothing about Black Sabbath either.
5: <laughs> yeah yeah that was that that was one of those yeah,
4: chris's uh mind benders yeah right there Yeah. <laughs> all i knew right. why
2: too i should have should have passed it up if i can get okay. one more i can win this and maybe have an extra buyer terminate.
4: okay um all right uh true or false uh metallica's label megaforce were the first label to pick up metallica's metal massacre demo ep
5: I'm yes, Alex. Say, I'm gonna say false, and I am yes, going okay. to say it was a metal blade.
4: Uh, yeah, uh, that, um, no, was actually, it, it was records? correct. They, they promoted um the Metal Massacre compilation. I, this was another trick question. Oh boy. Uh, the, the the Metallica EP was actually a No Life to Leather,
3: but yeah, you did get was, the false. Well, that, so that
5: that was the demo but correct what yeah i was asking?
4: i it was yeah I was, I was trying to do a I was trying to get you to think like no i, I wanted you to say no well actually that was no that's false it was actually uh ah, no white to Weather was the demo yeah okay so i guess so i guess, so I guess, so I'll... I guess I'll, I'll i'll give that to you you got i mean you got the false yeah part of oh, okay. it all right yeah yeah so all right so alex and kevin are head and head to head all right okay uh pick it up mark <laughs> all right <laughs> Alright, uh, okay. True or false, um, uh, John Zazula, who was their manager and owner of Megaforce, uh, and his wife bankrolled the album from a startup cash they made from, uh, running their own record store.
1: Alright. Um, I know John Zazula part is true. Uh, I know that he was the one who bankrolled that. I believe it was, like, Ten or fifteen grand, or something like that. Um, okay, and I'm just going to go with that third part and just say that it was a record store, and that you are, is true. You are correct.
4: Holy oh, crap! Oh Mark, come out of the back.
1: Okay, so we got a uh,
4: tie across the board.
2: Okay, did I run out of one. questions here? So this is it. This is the last one for all the marbles, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's just, this okay. is the seventh question. Whoever okay. wins this wins. This okay. This is the first time. All right. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right,
4: uh, again another uh, true or false. Uh, God,
5: that wasn't it. That was a test. No, no, Go no ahead. That was test. <laughs>
3: it was a test. It was a test. You got to read my
4: mind. Okay, what was the question? Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right. Um, all right. Uh, true or false? Uh, Metallica had complete control over uh, the mixing of the album.
5: Oh, oh Mark. Mark, I think Mark. you beat me just by a whisper Thank you, like, who got it?
4: No, no, that was Mark that got it, right?
5: Yeah, whoever okay. that one yeah. who, They beat yeah, his by a, a yeah, hair. Yeah. By a hair, but Mark got it. All right,
1: it. all right, Mark. Like I don't win a lot of these, and I'm not sure on the answer, but it's a true-false, and I am going to go with true.
5: Oh, no, I think it's wrong.
1: No, it's wrong.
4: <laughs> That's not right, yeah.
5: Oh, it was 50-50. Ah,
1: there it is wow what does oh, that mean
4: boy okay so mark is out all right uh I gotta do you have any more I, can... or I, uh, you... I was gonna um, say i was
5: gonna say false
4: uh luckily i yeah, i am kind of out but i do have a uh uh yeah crap i gotta see how i can make this quick um <laughs> all right okay maybe you guys can answer this okay maybe so maybe if you guys listen to uh the radio at all um uh which uh okay this isn't necessarily a true or false or a multiple choice this is just to see if anybody knows the we'll, have, we'll say this is a lightning round question uh sure. breaking the ice uh w- what uh famous uh rock radio hosts uh worked for megaforce records in the early
5: 80s i'm gonna go with eddie trunk you are right
1: hey! there we go. That was, a, that was a guess that's worth a lot
5: that was yeah. a guess. There
4: we yeah. go. You are correct. Well, yeah, you you've... got it. Then.
5: Damn it. Yeah.
4: yeah. Wow. If you guys God, put I your. Know, uh... I
5: almost don't know if I want that because I don't know what I'm gonna pick now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You could
2: always use the extra terminate. Uh, are you looking uh, for a sale? know, sell uh, me your extra terminate. Know. I'll buy it. <laughs> okay (laughs) for those of you
1: who don't know uh love it or flush it is our signature section maybe you've just skipped to this point who knows Uh, but love it or flush it is uh basically where we have four choices for each track we love it we flush it or we can buy it or terminate it buying it means it uh, ends up on your playlist Terminating means that it should have never existed. It brings nothing to the band's career and they should have never set pen to paper, put tape head to track and put this on the record. It is that bad. It is gone. Uh, terminated from existence uh and you have to terminate one and you have to buy one uh as spoken for previously alex now has an (laughs) extra buy or terminate and chris gets a free one every four albums because he asks the question chris are you using it on this record
4: um i think i'm gonna hold on i'm gonna hold out yeah for the next
1: one yeah sounds good Alex, uh, the order is, uh, Alex, Chris, Mark, Kevin, take it away.
5: Okay. Well, let's start off. We'll start off with the intro, hit the lights. I'm going to go ahead and love this one. Uh, great, great intro to the career uh love the riff love watching them play this live it just i watch james play this and it just makes me appreciate how good of a rhythm player he is so this is an easy love for me I, i'm tempted to give it my extra buy but i think maybe i'll hold it for something else so yeah it's a it's a love for me chris what do you think
4: uh yeah again yeah love it yeah it's just a great opener to their yeah to the metallica story yeah, that intro riff is a great kind of uh like acrobatic uh as far as thrash playing is concerned and yeah it's just it's a fun even with all of the kind of the cliche like metallica singing about metallica on this and there's and there's a couple of them on this record but uh but here it's a little bit better uh it's not as stated it's kind of in in the spirit of the live experience of a metal show so yeah I,
5: i love it cool mark what do you think
1: uh, love it as well and for uh, one reason that I hadn't mentioned in that you can just read the song title and hear the song in your head
5: you really can yeah you're I right agree.
1: Yeah.
5: I agree alright Kev what do you think
2: uh, I'm going to give it a love as well um, it's got a useless solo at the end of the song but um, you know, <laughs> overall you know, I like the way it starts out the album a ton of energy you can't ask
5: for anything more Sure. Okay. Well, fair enough. I I like it. Let's move on to the Four Horsemen. Uh, I'll go first. This is going to be my first buy. Uh, I think this might be my favorite song on the album. Uh, like I maybe hinted at earlier when I saw them back in 09, I was really hoping to hear this one live. Uh, I remember I do have the live shit, binger purge box set, This oh, nice huge so. box with the VHS tapes and the two CDs <laughs> oh. and the booklet and all that. And I remember uh. loving this version of that song on that, on that live record. So yeah, I, I love this one and this is a buy for me. Chris, what do you think?
4: uh yeah i'm gonna buy this too um yeah this is a song that yeah i definitely appreciated more even more so yeah after kind of digging back into the record uh, a lot of very uh cool guitar playing uh like i stated earlier um it has a little bit of the uh, kind of their hero influence there but it's not as strong as it is on other songs um yeah i yeah it's just a great uh and again for being a longer song yeah it's uh it's actually it keeps it together and keeps you interested throughout um and it's a very singable uh chorus too yeah
5: okay yeah it's it's yeah. great yeah i agree mark what do you think
1: um uh, i won't be buying it because i feel like that would be taking money out of dave's pocket um so <laughs> just give it a love for me it's that good but i would have to pay respects to what i feel like is the actual owner of this song uh as okay. dave mustaine okay Yeah, Mark for Mm. Dave, yeah. (laughs) Hey,
5: I mean, the guy wrote some great riffs, and I'm a Megadeth fan, so Mm. I I back that. Kev, what do you think?
2: I'm actually going to buy this song as well. Wow, okay. So, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites on the album. It's one that I wasn't too familiar with Going into this, and I found myself really liking, and it uses
5: its time well, which I
2: always mm-hmm. appreciate for a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah clocking in and a long time. And I, think,
5: and I think the the guys were writing about themselves, four guys in the band, the four horsemen, so there you go. All right, well, we'll move on over to Motor Breath. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, this has been uh, one that I, I didn't know too much about, um you know i knew it was at the beginning half of the record but it's not one that i could look at it and remember exactly how it goes but i remember listening to it today and i'm like oh yeah this is actually a really strong song so i'm gonna give this one a love i, I think it's i think it's great pretty simple musically but I, I really like the vocals it's catchy enough where it's gets stuck in my head so chris what do you think
4: um yeah if this were the uh 18 year old me uh involved in this show i was i probably would have bought motorbreath yeah just because that was yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was one of my favorite songs as uh, an early uh, up and coming guitar player. Uh but uh yeah, at this point, yeah, as uh, just cuz I've evolved and have grown <laughs> as a musician. Uh yeah, theoretically I kind of I wouldn't say I'm yeah, but um yeah, I I I got to give it at least uh, some love because it yeah has that important place in my musical yeah, history. So yeah, big love.
5: Cool, awesome, Mark. What do you think?
1: Break out the big T. The big T? Terminate. this sucker from Yay.
3: existence. Wow.
1: Uh, oh I uh, can't get past the heavy metal hoedown. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs>
4: Is this, is it's, just you, you, it's just you and you. Yeah.
3: Okay. Back <laughs> it's
4: me my, up, Kevin.
2: <laughs> it's my turn, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was gonna say that I was. I'm looking at our list here, and I don't remember listening to this song, and that's sad because I listened to this album quite a few times. But I'm sure it's something like with chugging riffs and a bunch of wheedle, wheedle <laughs> weedle, weedle solos. But now wheedle, I remember. Wheedle, wheedle. <laughs> yeah. That's a weedle, weedle,
3: Yeah.
2: But now that you say heavy metal hold down, I think that leaves me one option. Oh,
3: come on. <laughs> oh, God. Mark,
2: you yeah. ruined it.
5: You ruined a perfectly good song. Yeah.
2: See, now, now I remember what the song is, and I hate it. Yeah,
4: <laughs> so. yeah this is a strong opinion song. Where I people are people
2: very I entrenched I in their can'ts. <laughs> Motor breath. Yeah, it makes oh. it makes me think of somebody with horrible breath. That's not a good <laughs> image in my mind. <laughs> it's
3: okay. Yeah,
2: motor had motor, motor breath. There you yeah.
5: go.
1: Bad motor finger. I don't
5: know. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on over to jump in the fire. Uh, I'm gonna give this one a love. It's always been one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, was considered a single, but I've always considered it to be a deep cut. Uh, one of the f- first songs off this record that I learned how to play on guitar, and I still love playing it to this day. I was playing it the other day, so I'll give it a love for Chris.
4: Uh, yeah, another big love for me. Yeah, this was another stock is rising song for me when I really kind of dug into it, uh, just with uh, kind of a more, uh, kind of developed musical kind of, uh, uh or taste in music. Yeah, we're just kind of feeling those earlier 70s heavy rock influences in there i thought that was very unique so i gotta mm-hmm. give it a
1: strong love
5: awesome mark what do you think
1: this song is a snarl i want to hear billy idol cover this song i want ah. to hear wow look in the fire That's so i okay i guess, <laughs> okay, <it's>, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey he i got him on was good.
5: awesome all right Kev, so what do give you it think? a love Love. Okay, we'll uh,
2: I'm gonna give this a love as well. Uh, the song gets stuck in my head, and the solo is not a complete shred fest. So yeah, definitely giving me a love.
5: Cool. All right. Well, let's move on over to the instrumental. The pretty much the introduction uh, to the world of Mr. Cliff Burton. Anesthesia pulling teeth. Sorry to all the Cliff fans out there. I'm <laughs> sure it was great, but I'll take one out of Mark's book. Keep the experiments off the record here, especially the... De- wow. No way! Hey, I wasn't going to terminate it. I was just going to flush it. Blow up the Wait, toilet now. I yeah. was just going to flush it. I was yeah. just going to oh, flush uh, it. I'm I, it's sorry cool. I that. appreciate... <laughs> get I, the glue. I, I appreciate the
3: elimination weapon. I guess... I, yeah, I get, it, to get It's the epoxy, cool that it's yeah. a
5: break in the record, and, yeah. and it's like Chris said, I appreciate the talent of it. It's cool, but... I don't know. I just appreciate the actual songs more on the record, I guess. Right. So yeah, that's where I'll stay. Chris, yeah. what do you think?
4: Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I know this uh yeah, I know I don't know if I can if I can flush it. Um I'm gonna give it a very uh a very soft like uh a squeeze again, perhaps. A poke. Yeah. Yeah, a poke. Yeah, g I'm it's gonna give bad. it a no, t- I, yeah, I'm I'm gonna give it a little bit of an elbow bump, yeah, just because yeah, yeah you got to got to represent the cliff here. You got to root uh, for the bass player, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, good guy who yeah was yeah as far as not counting this song, but whose musical contributions uh, to, to kind of elevate that band more than any other thrash band of that era. But uh, but yeah, again, it's you know you didn't hear anybody doing this kind of okay, especially in the metal realm in like the early '80s. I know you kind of saw it more in the later eras, where as far as technical bass players uh that could play well maybe a little bit maybe john Wilson from the who but as far as in a metal context nobody was doing this so um i'll give it to him it's kind of well constructed even though if it is it is an experiment um but uh yeah i gotta i gotta give it a little bit of a a little bit of a like so yeah keep it here
5: <laughs> a warm yeah. squeeze sorry yeah. a warm like.
1: squeeze yeah there we go <laughs> you, you know chris you're making me almost feel bad for uh planning to eliminate this from the uh the set here. Yeah. I don't know that it would have been any better, but hey, Ed, we, we talked about this a lot with Van Halen, that some of the um, experiments that should not have been on my vinyl that were on my vinyl actually did sometimes lead someplace um, and, you know, kind of made a little bit of sense in the context of side A, side B, and, you know, where right. it went after that or wherever it went. Uh, I don't know that this goes anywhere into just some dumb <laughs> drumming section. So, like... <laughs> I feel bad about the flush, but it just no. It's, yeah, it's yeah I mean, like done, I said, yeah. you, you 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 can
4: look at it hey, objective, I and mean, that's the what rules
5: we're... of the show here.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we try to be objective here, and it yeah, you could say I mean, compared to everything else,
1: I guess you no, could argue. I mean, flush. it's
4: kind of historically significant. I guess you could say. I mean, compared to like, it's not ultra base, but <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it's a little Vinnie Vincent too,
5: yeah. kind of noodling. Mm. Yeah, uh-huh. agreed. All right, well, Kev, what do you think?
2: Uh, this is this is the one that I would want to Dremel off the vinyl.
5: Wow, oh. <laughs> oh, Dremel, dremel. <laughs> worth breaking <laughs> the, the, the vinyl
2: because of this song. D- d- just uh, I, I don't I don't have any redeeming quality for it. The only note that I took down was garbage. Period. That, that's
3: <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's wow. all it says.
2: And I the re- only thing it goes into is Whiplash. So I, I that doesn't even <laughs> do anything. Thank three, yeah, it's not a good jump in, but. Uh, <laughs> oh,
4: but it was funny. I guess there. If if it, if it means anything, I guess this was something that from his high school days that he played like in. I don't know if it was like in band, like band class or whatever. So I guess it wasn't something that was written for yeah, the record. You know, it wasn't when a fresh I think
2: Metallica,
1: idea. I don't think band class.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> okay.
2: high, high school days. Gonna, gonna, are you, are they shouldn't guys, be spending high school time. Band. Are you gonna kill it now?
1: <laughs> yeah. No? yeah. Okay, so here's here's maybe a redeeming quality of this song could it have no. replaced the intro shorten the song in half make it 2 minutes and replace the intro of hit the lights no <laughs> no it's, it's I,
2: I would have lifted I the needle off the vinyl oh <laughs> <Vinyl>, yeah <laughs> He's even tried. at two even He's at two me. minutes. Even at the Okay, maybe
1: opening the talk record with a weird saw. Yes. So. I tried. Okay,
2: I feel bad for Cliff. Yeah. Yeah, the, I don't. He's a great bass player that made
0: a
5: mistake. Right, yeah.
4: On a record, yeah, no, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know my vinyl.
5: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes all right oh well, okay let, let's, let's let's move on let's yeah, get the, yeah. Let's, let's move on to the final song of side one and that's whiplash as i stated whiplash. earlier uh <laughs> we, we, we all know where Kev's gonna go with this but i said this is my stock is rising song uh I, I i like it a lot i think it's it's catchy and yeah it's maybe it's pretty simple and it's all speed but uh i don't mind uh whiplash, so i'm gonna go ahead and give it a love chris what do you think
4: uh i do mind the whiplash quite a bit i'm gonna have to, i'm gonna have to agree with the kevster here
2: oh you want me to kill it oh yeah. okay that's fine Yeah,
1: and and it's and it's funny it it
2: was just gonna
5: be
1: flush but on the way down chris is like it's
4: out of here it's out of here here with a stick of uh dynamite um yeah and and it's funny the whole whiplash chorus part is probably, probably that's like not even my biggest issue with the song it's again like what i was saying earlier it's it's the talking about like our Marshall amps are that we're Metallica. We rock. Yeah. we're You're going to have, it's all it's, it's almost, yeah, it's too spinal tappy for me. This is a year before spinal Tap, Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, a it's a bit it,
1: of the band that we don't talk about on this right. show.
4: Yeah. L- yeah. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like on hit the lights, it's subtle. I mean, they talk about the live experience at a, at a Metallica show, but they don't come out and say it. They don't refer to actual tangible things. They just kind of talk about just the, the vibe and the aura of, of the whole experience, here they kind of literally say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? yeah, we're awesome because we're Metallica, and it's like, oh, no. <laughs> well, you you, have, yeah. you haven't proved you haven't proved anything yet. It's '83. Yeah, you've got, yeah. No, yeah, a long
5: way to go. Yo, you got a long I'm way to the yeah. confident guys. What can I say? Well, I don't know, Mark. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I uh, Chris just sums up my thoughts. Um, yeah, <laughs> so just you know, I yeah. Flush. This
2: is this is. Yeah, this is F1. Okay. Okay,
5: right. I know Kev, we're, Kev, Kev. I know where you're going with it. But if I could say anything, uh. Is, no, it's is, is, is it too late. <laughs> is it is it possible if we could get a sound clip of just Kev saying Whiplash, as in Ballad or the Bullet? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking uh, that, that too. That, that's the Ballot
1: or the Bullet
2: for Metallica. Just... It,
5: it might be. We'll, yeah, we'll, you we'll set, see.
4: Yeah, you set yourself up for that, so now you gotta you gotta live with the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, Kev, you gotta live with it now. <laughs> Kev, Kev, no. All, Kev, all, all I'm gonna say
2: this about this, all I'm gonna say about this is that if I if that's I won stinks. the second <laughs> the seven for the buy, this would have been my. Extra terminate. Uh, Alas, it is just a flush. <laughs> oh, you never like
1: Eight minutes off the end of side one.
2: <laughs> I don't feel bad about that, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cutting that side one short. Yeah, just flip the record over. I'm done
5: with this. <laughs> yeah, it is a longer record, it's almost an hour long. I, I suppose a debut could have been a little shorter. Eight minutes wouldn't be bad. But yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's move on to side two. Uh, We're going to move on to Phantom Lord. Uh, This one, interesting. Uh, One I kind of forget about a lot. I want to say this one in No Remorse. I kind of... They seem to be a little bit more buried for me, but then I go back and I listen to them and I hear those riffs and I hear that. Yeah, I love the beginning. And i like, yeah. that is pretty cool. It gets you amped up. And, you know, like Mark was saying, it, it kind of shows where the band is going. There's a really cool, clean part in it. It's got a cool intro with the drony kind of swell that you don't really hear anywhere else. So you're not the biggest fan of the chorus, but I think it's enough that it's an important song probably for later on in their career and it's they kind of reach new territory so uh i think i'll give it a, a warm squeeze for this one okay chris what do you
1: uh, think?
4: uh yeah i i really yeah, do like this song i mean outside of the kind of the not very original lyrics uh yeah just the whole vibe it's i can imagine this is a great yeah like a live the live vibe i'm getting vibes i'm getting from this are just yeah, it's just a great, raging kind of, yeah, great, yeah, great music, uh, but yeah, the lyrics are kind of, but the the music keeps it high enough where I gotta give it a big hug,
1: gotta
5: love it. Cool. Mark, what do you think?
1: Um, I think that this song really has everything Metallica has to offer, lyrics notwithstanding, and a bit of a stupid title, to be honest. Um, I it's mean, a metal it, title,
4: yeah, like a yeah, yeah like, it's, it's just
1: kind of like a really corny Again, we got to remember their age at the time and it's really not that bad oops. with that in mind and i do feel like it is fair thank you very much <laughs> yeah, <do>. uh,
3: that <laughs> you buy no. something
1: with a dave credit and this is a dave credit so wow uh, i think that's only fair to give this one to him and and uh give it a buy i'm very awesome. confused right now <laughs>
2: all right well <laughs> kev what do you think I was either tuned into the universe there, or I, my finger slipped on the right button. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but so, no, uh, I, I'm gonna give this uh, a love. I think that this is one of the more interesting songs on the album. Lyrics, notwithstanding, uh, just I, I gotta give it a love for the clean guitar alone. I, I like seeing that on this album. Not that there's anything wrong with the rest uh, of what's going on, but it, it's uh, a kind of a call forward to what's
5: going to be happening. So I like that. Sure. Cool. You know, I, I agree with that. Totally. All right. Well, let's move on to No Remorse. Uh, I'm going to give this one a love as well. This is one where I was saying that, you know, I kind of forget about it with Phantom Lord and phantom lord's definitely impressive and it shows where the band is going but then you listen to this and like okay this is just groovy and catchy and it's a good deep cut and it's like that's a cool riff and i don't know i i seem to kind of rock out to a little bit more so i think i like this one more than phantom lord for sure uh I don't know if i'd throw it into a buy territory but uh, i i'll give it a strong love chris
4: yeah again he yeah, had the 18 year old me probably this would have been a, i would have had two buys i probably would have uh scooped this one up but uh uh yeah i i'm just gonna give it the love uh i like how the the songwriting is a little bit more mature even with a longer yeah kind of duration of the music like i said they probably could have cut about a, a minute and a half out of this uh but yeah i like the yeah the yeah you can see they're getting in more sophisticated territory here and cool. uh yeah uh, i know they, they'll they get better they'll get better on later records but you can see where they're going and I'll, i gotta give them props
5: sure mark what do you think
1: Got to give him a lot of credit for putting such quality material in the eight spot. Um, Very, very uh, impressive on a debut. Again, very reminiscent of Van Halen one and their deep cuts off of their debut album i mean we're talking about you know young kids writing uh you know putting you know little dreamer or something or feel your love tonight i think that was the eighth spot um i think i flushed that one but still uh to their credit <laughs> that's a really great uh song down here in the eight spot so love it
5: yeah, that's an interesting, and not to cut you off, Kev, but yeah, that's an interesting point. I did notice a lot of Van Halen similarities, and maybe it's just because we just covered them, but just with such strong debuts, I could almost see those kind of comparisons, so that's a cool point. But yeah, Kev, what do you think about No Remorse? Um, Going into this, I probably
2: would have flushed it, to be honest with you, but I think the discussion has saved it for a warm squeeze. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. The solo section, the breakdown... Make it a little bit more interesting than some of the other things going on here. So, yep. Yeah, mark me down for a, a, a warm squeeze. Was
5: that cool.
1: the
2: song with the
5: third solo? <laughs> Chris.
2: Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah it was. Right. That's, that's, that's the tough part. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what really wants me to pull the handle on this song. <laughs> you because know, it's, it's, it's a, over a, six minutes. Cut three of them. Uh, Come
4: on! (laughs) You know it's funny. I didn't mention it before, but the other irritating or kind of frustrating, kind of like where I was kind of wrestling with it, because that last part is kind of like okay, because again they're talking about the uh, as far as the perspective of going into battle, and then that third part though is them actually going into battle. So I'm like, well, that is kind of an important part, but I just wish they could have condensed it a little bit more. Uh, And I don't Mm -hmm. know, that was just my again. I love the mature kind of direction and songwriting, but yeah, uh, they they could have kind of yeah cut a little off yeah a song
1: with a lot of problems that ended up with loves across the board so
4: yeah again yeah yeah i mean yeah uh yeah i mean they were constructive criticisms yeah
5: Mm -hmm. sure all right well let's move on over to maybe the most popular song on the record seek and destroy now if i didn't have an extra buy i probably would have just given this one a love but I'll take the obvious choice here. We only got two songs left. I need to use it. So let's give it a buy. It's a strong song. It was an important, more one of the more important songs for me from a guitar playing standpoint when I was younger. A One that I've played live before. It's still fun to play. There's great riffs all over. It's it's crazy how they, you know, comprise so many great riffs iconic riffs into one song and made them flow so well and it's a it's a concert staple and i think it's a safe choice that if you're getting somebody into this band this would be a fair one to put on there so maybe an obvious choice but i'll give it a buy chris what do you think
4: uh yeah this is a very strong love for me uh yeah i considered buying this one, but uh just as far as personally, I had to give it to the four horsemen just for uniqueness sure um but uh yeah just some of the strongest and enduring riffs and I think I said that before on the record uh yeah again very melodic uh very uh kind of cinematic in the music like I said in the end like the end riff is very much a great closing and I think that's what we were what we were discussing earlier would have this this been a should have this have been the closer for the record? Uh, and I think uh, yeah, it, it well deserves it, but unfortunately didn't get it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, strong love for me. How about right. you, Mark?
3: Yeah,
1: this was a song that um, I think that is probably the most interesting to see and to evaluate in terms of the. And I promise this will be the last Motley Crue versus Metallica comparison for this record. But the, uh, I mean that that the, that drum beat is straight up Tommy Lee. But the chorus is nothing like Motley Crue would ever do. Um, And just the call and response of it is just so, you know, it it buries the needle on the cool factor in a way that definitively says war Metallica in a way that, you know, Whiplash could never utter. (laughs) right so, <laughs> uh, if, if i had another buy i think this one would be it even though it is the song uh i think it's a deep enough cut in their entire discography right. to um you know to consider it a deep cut uh but all i have left is a love so
2: that's from me
5: awesome yeah that sounds very similar to me mark so yeah kev what do you think
2: uh, there's pretty much not much more I can say I, yeah. I'm definitely going to give this one a love too you guys covered
5: all the points it's here it's just
4: classic yeah there's nothing yeah,
5: yeah. cool alright well let's wrap it up with the final song on the record and as you guys know by uh, process of elimination I have a terminate left so I think that's where I'm going to go with metal militia give it the big T gonna be honest it's one that i forget about a lot uh you know no offense to dave uh there is that one little riff in there that i do think is pretty cool but i mean if they're trying to go for a song that's just fast that's gonna get a mosh pit going i think they they did it better with whiplash so they i don't know if they needed to write this one i think they kind of covered that idea on whiplash so that's where my terminate comes from what do you think chris
4: yeah, I wouldn't go as far as to terminate. Well, not that I I already used up mine, but uh, yeah, this is one of those. <laughs> yeah, I gotta flesh it, and it's one of those. Yeah, keep uh, uh, songs about metal off my re- metal record. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's it, it's just too. Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah got too much of that cheese factor. Not as much as Whiplash, but uh, um, yeah, Priest and still even with judas priest i mean it was still cheesy enough but they got away with it a lot more maybe it was because of rob's vocals Brits kind can of do it a lot better yeah.
1: than the americans right
4: exactly and uh and i feel bad it sounds like james's vocals are just toast at this point it just seems like he's not it feels like he's on the verge of a yeah like a cold or a sore throat <laughs> yeah interesting yeah All right, Marfa, so yeah. about uh, no, I gotta give of...
1: more credit to Dave here. Um, you know this this song might be a bit of cheese and that kind of bothered me elsewhere. But I think there were more factors than the other one, the other ones that led me to flush them. And this song still bites. It's still a, a, a raw uh, metal track on a debut, and I don't think it should be the closer. But I don't think that's good enough to send it to the sewers. So uh, maybe a poke, maybe a warm squeeze. Uh, for oh, me. you. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Kev let's wrap it up final opinion on the album what do you think uh, let's see if I had a third terminate for some oh, reason yeah. uh, th- this That's would have been it
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, I, we don't offer three terminates ever <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess I'm just going to have to flush there <laughs> oh, well,
4: <laughs> we're in control we can, re- we can rewrite the rules <laughs> <I know>.
2: yeah <laughs>
1: I'm the only one who uh, is, 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 I guess, mature enough to leave the album as it is ending with Metal Militia. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I wish I had I a funny see, it it I, I,
2: I, I, I might have said this when you were gone, but I said it's hard to take a song in 2020 seriously that's called Metal Militia.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's got that kind of makes me think of Quiet Ryan a bit. I don't know why
3: yeah I could see that
1: <laughs> we are marching for our metal. don't take my <laughs> off from me PMFG, <coughs> yeah, like, I, yeah mark yeah i don't
4: know if, if that was when you walked away but i
1: but i that video <laughs> yeah but but I, but I but yeah, but
4: this immediately made me think of on painkiller the metal meltdown song yeah pretty which cheaper? is it, yeah which is pretty it's pretty cheesy i mean even the even the the uh, the chorus is. Here comes the metal, metal, metal. yeah. It's got that real kind of like, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that again, yeah, I mean, that's why we refer to Spinal Tap, it's got that written all over it, just soaking in it. Well,
1: yeah, Yeah. I mean, they they were too big by the time Decline of Western Civilization came out. Sorry, Dave, you ended up in the film. Metallica was not going to have any part of that, but you know they they weren't that far off. I mean, like you know you yeah. hear maybe a little bit of Odin here and there, and and you hear a little bit of you know little bit of foot in the hair metal, but you know it it definitely uh, you know kicks ass where it needs to kick ass, and uh, you know it's it's an album that I think deserves an eight. You know I, I think maybe a seven point five on retrospect. Anybody else changing their uh, their their out of tens uh, based on the uh, track by track?
4: Mm-hmm i think i'll stick stay at an eight it's still uh, uh still important enough to me and still has uh, some of those great riffs yeah i gotta keep it uh in the mm-hmm. uh in the uh higher echelons of the 10 out of 10 yeah
1: alex you still uh 7.5 yeah
5: I-, I think so um uh, like i said it's it's a top three metallica record but uh it is number three for me. So I want to save some of my higher ratings for my, my first and second Metallica record, which yeah, may surprise some people three. may not, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep it at that for now.
1: Kevin, you still out a five that wonderful.
2: Oh yeah, okay. a- a- absolutely. Way way too much mindless shredding on this album. Yeah. Way more than I thought it was going to be. And, even, and even for I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe I did, you know, I I can see maybe when when this came out, okay, yeah. But now it's just like I can't take it. I honestly I was riding in the car with this, and I was getting into motor breath, jumping the fire, whiplash, and I'm like, <laughs> I I can't take these songs anymore. And then the next song, I'm like. I, yeah. <laughs> And, and, and if we're talking about metal from 1983, I'd rather put on Queens EP. Yeah, that's And that's great. all I'm saying. Wow. Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> I'd rather put on Shut Up the Devil. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah.
5: I <laughs> yeah,
3: okay, probably exactly. would
1: too. There's, there's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting, uh, kind of uh, You know, I was reading a little bit this week about the rivalry between Guns N' Roses and um, Nirvana, and, you know, two bands that you typically would not put on the same map even if they were kind of breaking at the same time or roughly kind of on the charts at the same time. Yeah. I feel like you might be able to do a little bit of that comparison with Metallica and Motley Crue. Sorry, I had to throw one more in there. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, these bands were basically uh, leading the charge for uh, heavy metal, I think, in right. America at, uh, at the, in the early 80s.
4: So are you, are you talking about in the context of the history yeah. of heavy music, not as far as, like, commercial performance? You're just talking about as far as two bands that were leading the musical... Revolution of heavier music, okay.
1: We're not a part of that generation, but I feel like if you were 13, 14, 15 years old and you wanted to rebel and you wanted to just crank some metal, um back in that era these were the two go-to uh you know places to to, 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 yeah. to put on i mean they had killer album covers and you yeah. know obviously the image of motley Crue is very different than the image of metallica but um, right. you know a lot of these bands like pantera you, know, you go back into their history and they are you know yeah. they don't it's look the fa- same I- but
4: yeah it's a fascinating story but yeah no, i agree and that uh uh and even with motley Crue, yeah shot at the devil is such a kind of i don't think they ever really got back to that anywhere else in there yeah. Yeah, that was kind of like almost weird, like the second album, like the end of an era for them.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And,
1: and Metallica really. And they both had that Bob Rock massive album. But Metall- or Motley crew just for many other reasons, just never really uh, became that generational, multi-generational, iconic trend scene. Right. Um, uh, Ev, you know, people put them behind Van Halen for sure when it comes to setting the L.A. scene.
3: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. all right let's go okay. up
1: with our 30 seconds what is the 30 seconds that best represents this album that will drop the intro of this show that my voice will come out of and kick off this podcast i'm going to go with the clean section in phantom lord i know there's no james there but that's my nomination
5: uh, you know what i'm, I'm gonna second that you're gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with uh Kevin's sound bit of just him going whiplash. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> uh, not not not, not, whiplash. not not from the studio version, uh just Kevin saying it.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's the funny I,
4: I, I might yeah. have to uh you know, Mark, you agree uh, with you. I was going to go with uh kind of that clean descending solo riff in four horsemen, but that is more a, a black Sabbath influence versus like Metallica it, at this point with this record in nineteen eighty three uh so yeah maybe uh yeah the clean part in phantom lord yes yeah, that uh, uh yes yeah, definitely very kind of unique in a album that has a lot of you know, how did kevin do it a lot of blah, 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 blah. yeah <laughs> every once in a while yeah it's nice to get that and again you'd see it a lot later again on yeah uh some of the more uh the following records but uh it w- much appreciated seeing it here at least a couple of times yeah just those kind of cool little yeah Uh, Something you just can't
1: go wrong with. It's Yeah. uh, The cool factor is high. The future, uh, you know, uh, I guess future proofness of it. um, You know, there's there's no way that that wasn't. They hear that and say, we're going to keep doing that. That works.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
5: I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess I don't really have any strong opinions on what it could be. Um, you know, intro to four horsemen would be really cool intro to hit the lights would make a lot of sense, but it also, you know, speaking from a podcast opening, it would take a little bit to get there. So maybe not that you could also do the beginning of seek and destroy, you know, such an iconic opening riff. And if you hear that, okay, well, you know what we're getting into, but, um, I don't know. Could you, could you play the part of phantom Lord you're talking about just so I can get a refresher? Do you have it on hand by chance?
0: Ooh, that is cool. Yeah. That is fair. And these
3: blocks
1: of fours, I love it. so Yeah. yeah.
3: Cool.
2: and even
4: that volume i don't think the riffing on there was ever <laughs> as heavy as that like after that clean part i don't mm-hmm. think there you got it was almost like what you saw later on like on ride the lightning and that kind of where it really is chunky it's not that overly kind of bright kind of yeah kind of metal tone of that era uh, not that it didn't wa- have that not that it didn't have that cutting back but it was much chunkier
1: well you have to wonder whether or not they took that to bob Rock um and just said you know or if he heard that and and just started thinking you know what can i do with that this band's got potential and here's what a super producer uh could elevate uh you know could bring this uh, uh, to basically the forefront so uh you know i think uh i think we're in agreement then on this section yeah
2: Sure. sure absolutely okay
1: we got it all right uh thanks for listening uh it's been fun with another debut and we are going to be moving straight ahead next week uh to 1984's ride the lightning just a year ahead we'll be taking you from 1983 to 1984 Um, you know, an interesting album in its own right, uh, kind of another forgotten one for me, but I think that, uh, going through it, um, you know, it'll be a very interesting track by track to kind of get away from the very popular songs on the record and bring you the deep cuts, every bit of them, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, and our good friend, a friend, Dave Mustaine is still going to be, uh, bringing (laughs) tracks to this record.
5: So we got him on the show. Yeah I think I think we should hear from him. Sure that opinions. sure
1: that would be a very colorful discussion yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of opinions and I'd love to hear some from him too. Uh right. I think he's a cool guy. I think uh, James yeah. is a cool guy too. So uh um there's no problem with that Like in terms of like I don't prefer one over the or versus the other. So I just think it's cool that uh that the writing was so influential that, uh, you know, Mustaine was, was, was still ringing in tracks and uh, the, the, his material was still good enough to appear on another record. So that's where we're headed and uh, look forward to seeing you there. See you around.